Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. In three, two, one. Seven things you don't really need to know, but probably should. I'm Jamie Easton. This, this is The Sunday Seven. On today's episode of The Sunday Seven, we plug into Apple's new Vision Pro AR headset, we check out the New York City smokescreen, indulge in a little bit of sexual nostalgia, and get up close and personal with the spiders of London Zoo. And on this day in 1895, the first US patent for a gasoline-driven automobile was issued to Charles E. Duria. Seven. I'm excited to announce an entirely new AR platform with a revolutionary new product. Introducing Apple Vision Pro. Apple have never been shy about game-changing tech and they've been consistent innovators ever since Steve Jobs first emerged from his garage back in the 70s. But it's been a while since we had something truly groundbreaking. Well, that all changed this week at the WWDC. That's the Worldwide Developers Conference to you and me. The new Vision Pro AR headset led the charge with current Apple CEO Tim Cook describing it as the first Apple product you look through and not at. Imagine an extremely expensive pair of ski goggles with a high-end computer inside and you'll get the gist. As always, when it comes to tech matters, there's only one man we trust, and that's Will Guyatt, our tech guru. A biggie for Apple, right? Lots and lots of kind of like interesting things happened. Give us the first thing that caught your eye. It was a very long presentation this year. It went two hours and eight minutes. We got to over an hour and a half into the damn thing. It's a long time. They first revealed the Vision Pro headset, which is their new augmented reality headset. That caught a lot of attention, but then there was the price. 3,499 US dollars. No confirmed price for the UK yet. Looked like a sharp piece of tech though. I actually saw an early developer version, which I'm probably not supposed to talk about, about 18 months ago. This thing has been in creation for an awful long time. What Apple do is bring together stuff that other people have done not so well, put it into a really slick and smooth package. For those of us that haven't got three and a half grand knocking around, there are a couple of like little, kind of cute little uh, changes. Apple have finally, finally accepted that the world swears, right? <laughs> yeah, ducking hell, etc. We've all been there where we've wanted to just use the F word in the text and uh, yeah, instead Apple goes for ducking. The one I got really pleased about until somebody pointed out this, exist- this has existed on Android phones for years was the visual voicemail thing. Talk us through that. So yeah, I'm an, I've been an avid iPhone user for, for years and years. So we, we have visual voicemail at the moment that tells you who has left you a voicemail, like in a, in a, in a list form as a voice file rather than having to phone up. But this is something different. This is this actually transcribes it and puts, what, in a text message or something? No, it will appear on your screen as the person is saying it, which is the coolest thing. So it's almost like the the device is still ringing. When that voicemail is being left, you can press a button on your phone at that point and instantly be connected to that person. Like like when you saw in the films in the 70s when somebody would pick up the, the, answer, the phone from the answer phone. It's going to be that kind of thing. And for me, I think that's pretty cool. That is that is pretty cool. I'll give them I'll give them that one. Uh, listen, Will, thanks so much. Really appreciate you as ever, and uh, we'll be speaking to you next week as well. Cheers, Jamie. 
staying with the Apple headset for a little bit, the Vision Pro seems to be rammed with exciting new tech, and it's potentially a huge problem for an already under pressure Mark Zuckerberg, who's been struggling to make both the Metaverse and Oculus headsets happen. With Apple redefining customer expectations, where does that leave old Zuck? On the line now, we have the Chief Strategy Officer from a brilliant gaming uh, and creative agency called Diva, uh, Mr. James Watley. James, how are you, sir? Nice to be on. Nice to, nice to have you on. Now, we've already spoken to Will about WWDC uh, in terms from a tech point of view. So tell me now, is the Vision Pro the metaverse killer? Is, is this going to make us all head into virtual reality? The faster we can all start wanging on about the metaverse, the better. Nobody said the metaverse once. The M word was nowhere to be seen because this isn't about that. This is about bringing in 3D layers to your 2D world and enriching your experience that you're having at the moment in that moment in time. You want to be able to see 3D photos of your family. You want to be able to do things while seeing the world around you. But that's what Apple do so well, isn't it? It's working out what the everyday person wants to use this cool piece of kit for. The fact that they're doing this reassures me that they're doing it with the finesse and the the consumer-friendly scale that Apple is so famous for and has built its massive brand and huge company credentials on. Well, someone who's going to be quite nervous about what it means is Mark Zuckerberg, especially seeing Bob Iger, the chairman of Disney, up on stage with um, Apple. Are they going to combine forces, do you think? Do you think Disney are going to buy Apple? Apple are going to buy Disney? I mean, that was amazing. I mean, just just casual Bob Iger. I'm just going to roll out Bob Iger onto the stage because we can, because we're Apple. It's just amazing. Given that the projections for the sales of Vision Pro for next financial year, or sorry, the year after next when it comes out, would be around 150 to 200,000 devices, that's a really small amount of people that Disney is doing a lot of technological work and investment for. For me, I look at that work and go, there's no way that's going to be Vision Pro exclusive. James, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, we will put uh, a link to um, the wonderful Five Things on a Friday newsletter in the show notes. And you can go and listen to James get cross about the metaverse everywhere. <laughs> thanks for having me. Still to come on the Sunday 7, we find out more about spiny mice and indulge in a bit of sexual nostalgia. If you've been on social media over the last few days, you'll be forgiven for thinking Manhattan's turned on the sepia filter. The whole city's been swamped in smoke from Canadian wildfires, which has interrupted Broadway plays, caused New Yorkers to reach for their COVID masks, and inspired a million social media jokes, including a suggestion that the viral marketing for June has gone too far. The situation was pretty serious, though, with New York having the worst air quality of any major city on the planet this week, and with interruptions to flights and health warnings, it appears climate change changes certainly amplified the issue. Canada's wildfire season started early this year and at one point authorities were battling 150 separate fires which created the wave of smoke that drifted down the east coast. New York Mayor Eric Adams says the dramatic scenes are a clear warning of the need for action. This may be the first time we've experienced something like this on this magnitude. Let's be clear, it's not the last. Climate change is accelerating these conditions We must continue to draw down emissions, improve air quality, and build resiliency. New York City is clearly a national leader on public health and climate action. And these dangerous air quality conditions are clearly an urgent reminder that we must act now to protect our city, our environment, 
and the future of our children. do you know about osteoderms? Well, like me, probably not much. Well, they're bony plates that fit together to make a kind of natural armour. Think of an armadillo, but it turns out that armadillos aren't quite as unique as we thought. Scientists have discovered a tiny mouse known as the spiny mouse, which inhabits Africa and Europe, has been hiding a pretty incredible secret in its tail. We're now going to head stateside all the way to Florida, where Ed Stanley, who is a biologist at the Florida Museum of Natural History, is on the line. How are you doing, Ed? Great. Thanks. Thanks, Jamie. It's good to be here. I would never have classed uh, mice and armadillos to be within the same ballpark. Can you tell us a bit more about what you've discovered? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got this project at the Florida Museum and a couple of other um, places around the States where we're CT scanning and digitizing and sharing uh, vertebrate specimens from, uh, from museum collections. One of the things we were scanning were these, were these spiny mice, these African mice, acomies, and they have kind of this strange prickly hedgehog-like skin, but the tails uh, showed up in the x-rays as having these, uh, these dense bony plates in them. You don't see them in uh, mammals very often. In fact, the only mammal that we really find them in is armadillos. So where do we think that fork in the road appeared then? That's a really key question. Uh, there's actually two different kinds of bones in the in the vertebrate skeleton. There's um, what's called endochondral bones, which are, makes up most of our skeleton, um, and then there's some bony plates that grow in the skin in all in all vertebrates, and those are the the, the bones of the skull. So our skull bones evolve uh, develop in a very different way from our. Uh, the, the regular skeleton. Okay. So we think that probably what's happening is that these osteoderms in the in the spiny mice are probably the skull bones that have been repatterned and, and and placed elsewhere. Otherwise, it's a very strange phenomenon that things keep can can reevolve after 200, 300 million years of not having these bones. You know, the spiny mice have a lot of odd things going going on with them, right? So they have this very very uh, flimsy skin. So they they have this kind of tearaway skin. Um, which they use as a kind of a defensive mechanism. Is that like when you startle a gecko? Yes, just like a gecko. And in fact, there are geckos in Madagascar that have exactly the same kind of tearaway skin as these uh, these spiny mice. Why do they have armor under there? That's probably because um, if you're a predator with sharp teeth, if you can stop the teeth or the claws from getting that deep and just stop them from getting through that 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 tearaway skin, then you then you're still able to kind of sleeve off and uh, it's like a genetic off. booby trap. Yeah, sure, sure, exactly. Always with these discoveries, it's like how can we use this to our advantage, or is it just one of those things that like right, we'll bank that for for the future armies when they need to develop spiny tails. <laughs> yes, I know. It's a sort of, yes, it, there's some there's some dystopian type uh, you know <laughs> armored you know, human human yeah. hybrid things. No, I I think I think. The wonderful thing about basic science and basic research is that we don't know how these things are going to be helpful in the future, right? As you say, we can bank that and down the road with additional discoveries, we can we can piece this together and build up some some really interesting... Um, so when our, when our great, 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 great grandchildren have spiny tails, we'll have you to thank for it, Ed. That's, that's, <laughs> let's, uh, yes, let's hope not. That would be... Uh, That'd be problematic, I think. Still to come on the Sunday 7, we get up close and personal with spiders at London Zoo, and we hear why Wolf Alice are worried about AI. Right after this. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. 
Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to the Sunday 7. Follow us for your weekday news espresso. Or even try our island edition. It's in all the usual places. Nostalgia is everywhere, isn't it? It's in the charts, in the films, it's what we wear. But have you ever thought about nostalgia between the sheets? Well, there's a new study underway that says a healthy dose of sexual nostalgia can be absolutely explosive in bed. Now, obviously, I'm just asking for a friend, but I decided to get in touch with the woman who wrote the study to find out a little bit more for my friend, you understand. Whatever. I'm delighted to say to shed a little bit more light on this on the other end of the line is Ashley Thompson uh, from the Journal of Sex Research. Is that right, Ashley? Yes, I published my research in the Journal of Sex Research, but I'm actually a faculty member at the University of Minnesota Duluth. Wow. Well, welcome. Welcome to the Sunday 7. Thank you so much for speaking to us. How do you define sexual nostalgia? So what we find is that just the act of nostalgizing about past memories in general can help reduce feelings of loneliness, can help people feel closer to others, even if they're not sort of geographically close in terms of proximity, just the act of remembering memories can do that. Um, But to date, only one study had applied nostalgia to sexuality, but they looked at how people nostalgize about a past partner, an ex-partner, and how that might have negative consequences in the now. So what I did is I wanted to extend that to look at sexual nostalgia for one's current partner. Right. That was going to be my first question. Are we all supposed to just keep thinking of our exes in order to to, to kind of get over the line, so to speak? But that's not the case, right? No. Yeah. And so past research has shown that a, a lot of people do end up thinking about a past partner, but it can have devastating consequences in the present. And I wanted to look at it for more of a positive perspective. Like, what if we think about past memories with our current partner? Can that be good? Can that be good for our sense of belonging or for sexual satisfaction now? And what kind of problems is it for? I sort of suspect it's a similar process on how nostalgia works in general, in general, right? So um, what I found in my research is that sexual nostalgia can have a positive impact on anyone, right? Just the act of thinking about, you know, that one time sitting in front of the fire with your partner or that one time after that romantic dinner out and you went back to Hold your on partner. a sec. Have you been spying on me? <laughs> oh, then that means you just live a life just <laughs> like me. What tips can you give people then? Yeah, I sort of have two. Although sexual nostalgia it seems to really be beneficial for those who are Uh, attached anxiously to their romantic partner. So those people who sort of feel that they have this fear of abandonment, it seems as though the act of nostalgizing can really benefit those folks so much so that it brings their level of sexual satisfaction to the degree of people who aren't anxiously attached. The second little tidbit I would add is that there can be too much of a good thing. You don't want to dislike what's happening in your present so much so that you're clinging too much to the past. So a little bit of nostalgia, great. Too much, maybe try to avoid. Keep looking ahead to the future in, in all manners yes. of Yes. Uh, Ashley, thank you so, so much for speaking to us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. Two. 
AI must surely be the two most used letters of 2023 so far. We've heard non-stop stories about the benefits and the threats it might bring. Recently, we've had warnings from the so-called godfathers of AI that it could pose a real threat to humanity and urgent calls for a tightening to regulation and more supervision over what the models get access to. It's also become increasingly clear that some of the large language models like ChatGPT struggle with some of the more complex tasks that we're asking of them. But spare a thought for the poor creative folk, with AI pushing out weird images and now being trained to do passable imitations of music styles and performers, does it pose a real threat to the creative sector? Well, this week music platform Deezer cracked down on AI-generated music and Joff Oddie, guitarist from the band Wolf Alice, appeared on BBC Radio 4 to discuss his deepest fears. I'm not a complete expert in this field, but I think the problem at the moment is no one is. Um, so we're all kind of scrambling around to see what this could mean for us. But in terms of uh, impersonation as one of the main issues with uh, AI-generated music, you know, it's scary to think that, you know, myself as an artist, I might not be in control of my own voice, of my own image, and, you know, what that AI-generated image or content may do or say. So, you know, it's something that has, you know, wide-ranging kind of implications already. a little bit nervous about spiders, right? It's something about eight fast-moving, hairy legs, isn't it? But spare a thought for people with actual arachnophobia. That's when your fear of spiders gets to levels that can actually disrupt your life. <laughs> well, help may be available from an unlikely source. London Zoo have a friendly spider programme to help people who have this phobia face their fears, which can be crippling, as Dave Clark, London Zoo's spider keeper, explains. These are people whose lives are ruled by spiders, who can't go abroad because of fear of spiders being there who can't sometimes go into parts of their own house or have to keep their windows closed during the summer. People who've even drop their baby because of sudden reaction of seeing a spider. The course starts with a short hypnotherapy session to address the participants' fears. After that, you get to wander around the spider house and meet some of your nightmares up close. The zoo says the programme has a 90% success rate and this patient certainly felt totally different after her experience. Spiders are the bane of my life. I am truly psychotic when I see a spider. I literally lose the plot. Like I said, I can't sleep. I can't, I can't be in the same room as a spider. I'm now in the room with 60 huge spiders. And I'm fine. I don't understand it, but I am. This has been the Sunday 7. Wherever you're listening, do us a favour and hit the follow button. We'll be back tomorrow at 7am with the regular Smart 7. Have a great rest of your weekend. Written, produced and published by Daft Doris. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.